Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, um, I'm still jet lagged, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's this been, many weeks later. This many weeks later, yeah. I'm, I'm still jet lagged from being in Seattle and Idaho. Um, happy Earth Day to you! Oh yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, and it's uh, by the time this particular episode comes on, uh, Earth Day will be a long time ago. But I am going to suggest that we have Earth Day every day. That's what my little girl said today. My six-year-old, she's like. Why can't Earth Day be every day? She's, you know, so wi- she's like, wise. it is every day. She's very wise. Yeah, so we're going to pick up some garbage later today for her for her uh, video uh, series on YouTube. Excellent. Um, and every day. And every day. Yes. Dave, we've got um, a very special guest. And I, I got to tell you why, why Rebecca Hamilton is a special guest. Because my little girl, I'm going to take it right back to Kaya again. Okay. Uh, I came back from the B Corp Champions Retreat in Portland and... I, I came back with this little kit of Badger Bomb, uh, of all these amazing little products, and my daughter got into them and is in love with the products that that Rebecca's company produces. And why don't we just bring Rebecca in right now and get her to introduce herself? Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for being on after so many uh, uh, months of me desiring to get to to, to uh, get you onto the boiling point. Welcome to the boiling point. Well, thanks, and thanks for having me, and I'm glad to hear that your daughter really likes the Badger products. And so does my wife, and so do I, and uh, it's yeah, fantastic. And it was really nice of you guys to give so many free products out at the Champions Retreat, so uh, uh, it was definitely a good move. It led us to this podcast right now, so why don't you, why don't you let us know a little bit about, uh, about the Badger Company and uh, the amazing products that, uh, uh, that you provide, and then I'd love to talk about a little bit more about you know, uh, purpose-driven business and, and mission and, and, and whatnot. Sure. Well, there are a lot of different ways I talk about the Badger Company, but since you mentioned your daughter's love of the products, I'll just say that something really unique about Badger products is that every single product has an illustration of a badger on it, and we have a lot of fun with that. Uh, We actually spend a lot of the time in the product development process talking about what badger will have, what the story behind that badger is, can we have any hidden things in the artwork, uh, and and we also really like kids, so I think we're we're a little bit uh, childlike in our in ourselves as That's well. Awesome. So, <laughs> and Badger is a mission driven company, like every other B Corp out there. And uh, one of our principles is actually that fun is good, so that reflects in in the artwork that we have in the products. But back in just a moment. We we make I don't know if you want me to mention what we actually make. Oh, we oh make please do. Skincare yes. products, uh, sunscreens, lip balms, all organic. Uh, many of them with fair trade ingredients. Oh, that's fantastic. Look, that was our pregnant pause, right? <laughs> Listen, we're, we're all about to- <laughs> We were joking earlier before we started recording, and and, uh, and 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 not to throw you under the bus, Rebecca, but we asked if you had listened to the podcast, and it was a very long pause. and It was like and, nine second pause. And it was, and, of uh, course, of course. <laughs> your, my favorite is that one you did last week. Uh, uh, yeah. um, so how did you how did you get into this business, Rebecca? Like, um, you know, it's kind of, it's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things you could probably do that would have, 
you know, tremendous impact and be purpose driven. What was it about, um, you know, these products and, and this, you know, the concepts around the badger and all that thing that would have, uh, you know, that excited you and inspired you? So Badger is a family-owned and operated company. It's owned by my family, and it was founded by my father back uh, in around 1995. And he was a carpenter at the time out in New England. And if you've ever spent a lot of time working outside in really cold climates, you know it does a number on your hands. Mm -hmm. And so the first Badger product that he created was the healing bomb, and he really made it for himself to heal the cracks in his hands. But he's also an entrepreneur, I think kind of a serial entrepreneur. At the time, he had a couple other business ideas going on. One was Bill's Ping Pong Emporium, and the other was, I think, Bill's famous kettle corn. And then there was the Badger product, and, and that was one that he really became fascinated with and started working with and thought, you know, there are some other products out there that work, but I really think I could do a good job with it. That's a very interesting piece of it, which is here's someone who's who's who knows what it's like to be kind of weather beaten, right? And wanting a product that's going to actually uh, help, you know, in thinking of how it can help other people. I mean, so it wasn't it wasn't this. I mean, it was coming from a real need that he was seeing in his own experiences. Yeah, absolutely, and I I think that's actually how a lot of Badger products have come about is uh, they come about because there's a need and then we try and make products that work. We were never looking to be part of uh, the natural organic product industry or uh, to be a mission-driven business or anything like that. What happened was we wanted to make products that worked and then because of our own values as a family, it became a mission-driven company. We used organic natural ingredients and so those, those were just a given in how we run our business, but they weren't the intention of why we created the business. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really neat too because we, we've had other guests even just uh, very recently talking about, um, actually, in fact, it was last week with Barry Ogden, just talking about people who are making impact and really making uh, the right decisions in business and the community just because it's in their DNA to do good. Not because, oh, this will get me more points on the B Corp score or, wow, maybe the media will pick up on all this good that we're doing. Uh, you're an authentic, values-driven company. And it shows right down to the fact that you are so connected to the to the growers of the ingredients that go into your products. Why don't, why don't we talk about that a little bit? Um, we really understand quite deeply in this day and this day and age about how fair trade coffee uh, works now. And um, but uh, what about other products like like honey and uh, all these other things that go into your your type of products? Why don't, why don't you take us uh, down a little bit of an adventure there about how you how you source and find uh, your suppliers? Sure. We actually, um, because this is Earth Week, um, we have a focus this uh, year, actually, on educating and inspiring our whole company around sustainable sourcing. And the idea being that we don't just want to have the sourcing of ingredients and packaging uh, limited to one department who's responsible for that. We want the entire company to be engaged around it and excited and thoughtful and, and having an approach to purchasing, whether it be the ingredients for the products or the office supplies that we use, or anything really, which is that we want to have good intentions with what we source. And uh, one of the things I talked about yesterday in our company meeting was this vision that Badger is this little hub, and we have shimmering lines going out to each one of our partners from our hub. 
And our goal, our vision is that each of these lines would be shimmering gold. And that would mean that we have a really close, strong connection with that partner that we feel really good. And that some right now might be yellow where we're not quite sure um, everything about the partner. And some might be ones that we really want to improve upon or work with a partner to make it a better relationship. And so we have a goal towards having what we call close to the source relationships with our partners. And that means we've gone to visit them. We understand every piece of the supply chain. We feel really good about their farming practices, how they're treating the land, what their experiences in their community, and all the way right through to when the product reaches our door. So that's our goal, and that's what we're working towards. And we've we've come quite a long way in that. And we're I don't think any company is really perfect in that. So we have lots of room to grow, but. We, we have a strong intention for that, and we've done a really good job with many of our ingredients. Wow. That, and that's quite an investment, I'm guessing, on your part to, to look, you know, have that kind of level of um, investigation or you know, learning on your, on, in terms of the, the partners that you have. It, it is. But I, I think what's interesting is I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about purchasing philosophy, and, and in a typical business, uh, the way that you do purchasing is trying to get the lowest price, the best terms, and the best quality, but they don't really talk about the uh, intention or building relationships as much. And what we've found is that our what we try and do is have uh, short supply chains, so not very many steps between us and the original producer, mm-hmm. and build long-term close relationships. And what that does is when times get tough, we each help each other out, and we're, we're building a stronger business on both ends. And I think that if you were to approach every single partner in that same way of having good, positive intentions and trying to build a relationship and thinking of that person as a, a partner, not just um, a number, then you really can have a positive impact. Have you have you found um, like there's been a good response from the partners like how you know when you go out with this kind of uh, or any and even that's part of the question the other part would be you know for the listeners like maybe you can give an example of of that like kind of short connection you're describing and and you know and, and what that part yeah. looks like and well almost every single one of our ingredients uh, we get direct from the source or just one person in between you know if we take starting with some of the ingredients we use the most of. With our olive oil, uh, we purchased directly from a family-owned and operated estate in Spain, in southern Spain. We've been to visit there a number of times. They've come to visit us, and we uh, have a wonderful working relationship with them. They have all of our ingredients are are USDA-certified organic. They actually do a lot of teaching in their community around organic agriculture. They have a very closed-loop system with... uh, they use compost to fertilize their trees that come from their sister's goat farm up the road. And they focus on having biodiversity, um, things, you know, plants growing between the trees and a little brook running through all the olive trees. And so when we support sounds, that, sounds we're like supporting a great vacation. healthy. <laughs> yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's kind of our idea of what we want to be supporting. So, and, and just to follow up on that, like, so how would you, how did you guys connect? Like, how did you guys find each other? Uh, well, every ingredient is different. Uh, sometimes we meet people in passing at uh, a trade show. Sometimes we, we uh, find people through word of mouth. That's probably how we do it most frequently. It's, it's different for every ingredient. The thing I, I'm really excited about what you just said there is 
you know, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, which means my I'm in the business of storytelling, story sharing. <clears throat> but we're living in a day and age now where the consumer, the uh, I don't want to sound say enlightened consumer, but the conscious consumer wants to know the story of their product. And that story that you just said about, you know, the olive uh, oil is sourced from uh, a partner in Spain who, uh, and by the way, did you know that their trees are fertilized by the sister's goat manure? <laughs> it's like, there's, for me, that's a story that I could, I could tell as I'm giving that badger bomb as a gift to somebody. There's something really uh-huh. powerful about knowing the story of the product. Um, what's your like? You're you're in this re- retail space. How how accurate is that uh, from your perspective? Is letting your consumers be part of the story? Oh, I think that's very important to them, and I, I think that what people are looking for these days, I think they're looking for authentic, and you can't really fake authentic. <laughs> you can fake being sustainable, maybe, but. To really be authentic, I think it requires walking the walk, right? And you have to actually do what you say. And I think customers are, are really um, smart and they're able to, to tell the difference, but they want to know more than just that it's a good product. They want to know they want to know where things are coming from. They want to know the stories of the ingredients. They want to know where the packaging is coming from. Our, I think it may be different for a conventional mainstream product, but our customers, our core customers, they are incredibly knowledgeable and they ask us questions that challenge us every day. And, you know, we, we have uh, part of our philosophy is to have a kind and caring approach and to serve as a expert in the field. And because of that, you know, when our customers challenge us with a question, we always want to do our best to dig out the answers. But we also like to have information in advance of that. And anytime we can give them a story and make them feel connected to that source, I think it's they find it really rewarding. That's great. What are some of the the, the more challenging questions that you've had in this uh, in this type of business? Uh, I think that there's often challenging questions around um, why we've made certain choices. So there might be a question of why we've chosen to use um, a certain type of packaging or a certain ingredient where there might be concern over how it's harvested or processed. And I, I think for us in, in our business, there's very rarely a perfect solution that is 100% good. There's usually a trade-off. And the best we can do is to be really thoughtful be aware of all the different options and make a choice that we think is the right choice. But there's always going to be people who really dig into that choice and, and make us question ourselves. And, and so we're constantly, you know, reevaluating and making sure that we're making right choices and everything. It's, it's interesting too, because <clears throat> by nature of what your product is, and especially the olive-based products, is you have to source the best product on earth is not being produced in the United States, olive oil, you know, like if you want to source the best, the best. That's a great example. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So so I would, uh, I would imagine you probably had people have challenged you on transportation and that sort of thing, but there's probably really interesting ways that you've been able to off. And and, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is myself as a B Corp as well. Like we get challenged all the time uh, with, you know, to do good, we also still need to work with certain companies that might not totally fit the the B Corp standard. You know, and I have to defend that. You know, and I've got I've got the I've got my my story behind it all. But yeah, it is how how do you approach that, Rebecca? When um, 
Yeah. The olive oil is a, a great example and actually something that we've had questions about. And, you know, this is, this is an example of where you have a lot of things that go into our decision. So one of them is that if you were to purchase olive oil from the United States, you'd have to get it from California. And to get it from California to the East Coast, it would have to be cut. Whereas to get it from southern Spain to the East Coast, it's shipped. And the energy taken to ship it versus truck it is actually less. So in that case, it's actually a more environmentally friendly thing to do, even though it's further away. And then if you look at, you know, how much olive oil is grown in California versus Spain, uh, California olive oil is generally just bottled because it's a small amount, whereas Spain sells a lot more bulk because they're not good at marketing their olive oil, but they have the highest quality of olive oil oftentimes. And they're, you know, it's a superb olive oil. We actually, we use our olive oil in all of our lunches for salad dressing. It's, you know, we use it in our products, but it's actually one of the best olive oils I've ever tried eating. And that's what we try and do for our products is we don't try and find, you could get olive oil in a cosmetic product and get pumice grade, which is actually after they've extracted the virgin and extra virgin olive oil, they'll take that leftover meat and extract out with hexane to get the last remaining oil and then refine bleach and deodorize it. And that olive oil and the organic extra virgin olive oil that we use has the same name on a cosmetic product. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really really interesting. And it, it's the other part that's interesting too, and why I'm really excited to talk about these things is we need to continue having these conversations as consumers uh, when we just uh, thoughtlessly buy products off the shelf. And that's why I think the the, the whole stories element it's far more than a marketing need. It's uh, it's truly a, a social environmental impact uh, discussion. We have to tell the stories of of how we make our products and who are making them and what's part of the supply chain. Well, and the other thing I'm hearing from both of you is... Well, I think that's also important because when you put a face to the different aspects of the supply chain, you humanize it. And so you make different decisions when you're connected to your partners than you would if it's just numbers or statistics or some something vague where you're just getting a product in and you're not thinking about who's making it. And we, for us, you know, thinking about kindness and everything we do is really important. And in order to be kind, you have to know who you're connected to and who you're working with. Absolutely. Uh, I was just going to say, I just started saying it earlier, but you know, it's, as I'm listening to both of you, it sounds like there has to be, um, a, a really transparent, open approach to how you deal with your, you know, explaining how, yeah, how you make business decisions. And I mean, that's really refreshing to hear. Um, yeah, not everyone's comfortable with I, that. I think that it's important to have an open approach, and it's also important to acknowledge where your shortcomings are. Right. Because you know, for for Badger, we we have the intention of doing everything right, but that doesn't mean that we can do everything right. 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 Um, we're we're aspirational. We're always working towards being better, and that's one of the things that we love about the B Impact Assessment is that we're able to use that. Um, to to look at best practices and areas that we can improve on. So there'll be things that we would never have considered on our own that are best practices in the impact assessment, and we can use those to help guide us and improve as a company. So you're really embracing that whole idea of just like how do we get better and better and you know more informed and better choices and you know get ultimately 
you know, you can live your, you know, that, that vision you have more effectively, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I got to just change, switch gears a little bit here. Um, I, I, and, and I'm saying, I'm asking this question, I'll give you a little context. I mean, we, we live in a region, well, New Brunswick, Canada, and a lot, many of our, our friends, uh, our local kind of entrepreneurs are second, third, fourth generation, um, you know, family businesses, right? And it's so interesting. And Greg and I would be, you know, we started our own companies. I'm always interested to talk to someone who's, who's, you know, kind of in the midst of, uh, you know, whether it's a transition to a next generation or, you know, it's a third generation or whatever. But just, I'd love to hear your perspective on working within a family business, you know, and, and some of the, you know, I guess there's some great things about it. And there's probably some challenges about that as well. I, I love working with my family. Uh, I think that it was more challenging when I first came in. I work with my mother, my father, and my sister. Actually, I also work with my husband. <laughs> and when I first came back to work at the family business, we realized that we had, you know, family dynamics where they would be fine outside of the business, but they weren't actually the right kind of dynamics for in the business. And so what we did was we went to uh, leadership coaching training as a family so that we could learn how to be with each other in the business so that we could also maintain a really strong relationship outside the business as well. And and we're very close as a family. But one of my favorite things about working with my family is that I think if I were running the company by myself as a CEO, there would be times when I'd be challenged to make you know the absolute best decision. And I think that's the case with any business leader. But when you have all of us working together, if one person sort of wavers on making the right decision, the other three are able to push to, to really do the best thing for the company, and and I think that makes us a better company that working is together. Good. Well, well done. So I don't, and I, you may not know this, but I have I have a coaching company. Um, so of course, naturally, my I perk up a little bit when I hear about this leadership coaching and and <laughs> and uh, and how you guys use that. Tell us more. <laughs> and I and I, I say that you know out of a huge self interest, um, uh, but also from a just a from like a learning standpoint. Like well, what, and what, also because of the market that we are in, there's so many legacy family yeah. businesses well, here. T- tell us about that. Yeah. Like what? What? Ha- like I mean, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, like what? Tell us about the experience of of, uh, of engaging a leadership coach and helping your, you know, you as a your, like the family, really. Yeah, I mean, I I would recommend for any any family business to go through that because no matter how close you are as a family, you have to learn learn to be work partners. That's that's a, a different working relationship. And what and and like you know with the process to 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 figure that out what would you know what you know would you how would you describe it to someone who maybe doesn't understand coaching like what did you know what did you guys uh, participate in and you know like how did that how did that evolve and help you you know recognize at the end like you were describing geez I'm I'm in a better I can make better decisions now or or be you know challenged and make better decisions because of the dynamic I have working with my family well I think that um, I'm sure that every family that would go into coaching we have different things that they would work on. For our family, I think the most significant thing was to get to a place of truly understanding what value we each brought and the fact that we're all different and we're all bringing different values. Uh, and and to be able to step back and let someone else you know shine when they're really working within their area of strength and to, to kind of complement each other. And so, and that required, um, I think, also getting through any baggage that we might have had as a family and being able to set that aside and also learning, you know, how to be professional in a meeting uh, and not allow, you know, as a family, you have a much closer relationship 
which allows a much higher level of trust, but also allows you to let your guard down and maybe act in a way that might not be appropriate for, in a business setting. So being coached into, you know, how to listen to each other, respect each other in uh, a work context and, and to keep family dynamics outside of the work That's environment. Really, that is really cool. So essentially you've all agreed to wear two different hats. Like you, you, there's a time to discuss family matters and a time to speak business and you may act completely different with each other in both those situations. And there's no feelings hurt yeah. when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll actually have a work thing that is really challenging and then go home and have dinner together and, and get along fine. We've, we've actually learned to separate that quite well. You know, and I think that's a pretty key thing if you're going to work with your family. Uh, you know, if, if you have, I would never work with my family if it turned into something where I lost my personal relationship with them. I think that would not be worth it. But to be able to get past that, to be able to work with them and have a good relationship is unparalleled because I can't think of anyone that I would trust more right. uh, than my family. And so to be able to have those people as my co-leaders in the company is absolutely incredible. Um, and, and kudos to you guys, cause not every family can do that. Um, and that takes, it takes a lot of energy and effort on everyone's side. Like, and you know, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And a lot of us don't choose not to do business with families for a whole bunch of reasons. Actually, Greg has all his family kind of immersed in his business. Um, and just on that point, you know, I, 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 uh, I do this column where I interview leaders and I was interviewing a guy who he and his father run this company and, uh, and he, and I was asking about the same thing and he said he they'll have a conversation. They'll be on the road. Like he'll, he'll be on the road on the phone and then, you know, he'll say, okay, goodbye. He'll call his dad by his first name and then he'll phone him right back and say, okay, Hey dad, so how are you doing? So they'll have the business conversation and they'll literally physically hang up the phone, pick it up and then start the conversation as father, son. Wow. That's it, awesome. It, I know. And I, and I was like, Come I, on. I actually think that's quite important. I, I call my parents by their first name at work and call, I call them mom and dad at home. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's funny. I, I, like you said, uh, I've got my father. And my brother working in my organization, uh, and uh, it was it was weird because we didn't have that conversation. It was weird when I started calling, like I would call dad, dad in front of the team, uh, but I would also <laughs> call him Don in front of other people, and like we, we still have. I'm, I'm now pretty much Don uh, in, in work environments, but you it's know what? A, yeah. the, the leadership coaching. For it's you. I need, I need it's, leadership yeah, coaching. I think you have to set very clear boundaries in order <laughs> Absolutely. to make people uncomfortable. My my reason for calling them by their first name is I didn't want to be treated differently than an, another employee in my position. And if I called them by mom and dad, I felt like that would automatically pigeonhole me as as their daughter and not have me in the position that I earned through working there over time. Right, and then you maybe and the, the, the skills and expertise that I bring to the company. Exactly, that's so smart. You know, because I was thinking, you know, then the idea you're bringing with mom and dad behind it, you know, might you know, it's maybe the idea it has, is a beautiful, brilliant idea, but it it can look different when you're. <laughs> it's a beautiful idea. Yeah. Um. So, but <laughs> but we but but you know how to so we got to wrap up, right? Yeah. Uh, are you going to do that? I was going because I want to learn more about how our listeners want to find out about how they can learn about more and about how Rebecca to buy, buy products. Pro- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what's the contacts? There are a lot of different places you can buy a badger. Probably the easiest place to start would be just going to our website. We have store locators there. You can buy directly from the website. But that would, and if you're international, then you can also um, find out where to buy it internationally. So that would be the first place to start. And that's uh, www.badgerbalm.com. Awesome. Okay. 
Well, hopefully people will, I'm sure pe- many people will, will be on the site checking it out. And then who is your leadership coach? Do you, can you share that? Sure. Maddie Weinreich. She is fabulous. That would be fun to have her on. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can get her contact well, from Yeah. Her. Yeah. Good, and yeah. actually she um, worked with us. She worked with us as a family and did the leadership coaching for our family. And then we also had her do leadership co- coaching for all of our um, leaders throughout the company as well. So we did a series and then we had her work at a company retreat with the entire company. So we've done several different sessions with her. Um, we work a lot with uh, how to, um, some of the relational dynamics and I guess you'd call it um, emotional intelligence. Oh, focus, yeah. Though. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Introduction would be awesome, Rebecca. Thanks, yeah. thanks for that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll well, do that offline. Thanks so much for your uh, thanks so much for your time. We're just going to do some quick takeaways, and then we'll be we'll certainly be in touch on that, and uh, and then we'll have information out to you when we get this out into the world. That sounds great. Thanks so Thank much, you Rebecca, for having me on the podcast, and I'll, I'll definitely go home and listen to some more. Yes, li- li- listen, and, and if you want to hear an astronaut, uh, look up Chris Hatfield's uh, episode. We're very proud of that one. Yes, yes, he's a, <laughs> okay. he, he's a local, he's, he's a Canadian Thanks celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, thanks so much. See you, Rebecca, thanks. Yep, have a good day. She was awesome. Yeah, that, um, she, yeah, I really appreciate what lot. she was saying. Yeah, and just and talk about very seems very authentic. I mean, you met her. My sense just listening to her is is uh, very you know thoughtful, um, and and just you know and just even how she's sharing the dynamics and the family, how the family works. I mean, that's that's very cool. You can tell because like you might ask someone else that question and they're a little guarded, which is fine. But I mean, you just got a sense like I, I might you just feel like I feel like I want to learn more about the company because you know she represents it very well. Um, you feel like you could trust her. You know what I mean? Just got that yeah. warm sense from her right off the bat and they're trying to do good you can you just you know you believe it right that's right and, and she said you can't fake being authentic and the the b corp certification side of it as well um there's so many products on the market that are great products and that are organic and fair trade but this company is b corp which it means they are measuring this she mentioned the impact assessment tool um, have you have you used that? Well, you have to go through it if you're going to become a B Corp. Oh, so that's the first piece. Yeah, and then do you do you revisit you get, it as every you go? two years? Cool. Which means we are all all the B Corps have held at a very high standard right to continue to get better and better and better. Which means if you're you know in the grocery store or wherever it is buying your bomb products, yeah. if you see Badger Bomb, it's a B Corp. You know they're they're going even yeah. further right than on. than. Uh, so yeah. so just a quick question for you. I know we're way over on this. Way over. Um, but what? Like when you did the impact assessment, what is it that you, the biggest takeaway for Hemmings House? My takeaway from that experience was, wow, I guess we score well, but we've never documented any of this stuff before. So it kind of forces you to actually run a business the way it's supposed to be run. Uh, but we scored really high uh, based on our minimal in- envir- negative environmental impact. Right on. Besides our travel, we're a relatively low low yeah. footprint company, yeah. Yeah. but mostly with the social uh, work that we do in the community using film. Um, as a little teaser, we have our next uh, interview, and Rebecca, was that was awesome. Great to hear about what B Corp's doing. And as a teaser, we have our next uh, interviewee coming in that won't be heard till next week. But carrying uh, looks appears to be a growler. So what? We'll just leave it oh, at that. Oh, man. oh my Sweet. goodness! So, okay, sorry. Uh, see you next week. See, I wish Rebecca was here in person so she, yeah. she could have brought some, uh, you know, some product. There we go. Well, we only know how to find it. All right, Dave, see you later. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. 
To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.